Hey, everybody. I want to welcome to our first podcast. This is Advance Your Health. I'm Dr. Jason Bailey. I'm going to be your host today. And listen, I have a lot to say. And this podcast series was created by my patients primarily. They've inspired me and, and really promoted me to, to come out and just speak more. You know, the things I have to say, table side, it just needs to be heard by more people. So I'm Dr. Jason Bailey. I'm a chiropractor. I've been doing it for about 15 years, which is pretty awesome to have that privilege. In those 15 years, I've done about 24,000 clinical hours. So I'm a practitioner. What I do is I help people every single day, table side. And um, we do more than chiropractic care. We change and influence lifestyle. And the big thing for me in how I'm helping people is to talk about things that they have questions about. So today in each episode, what we plan to do is just giving you ways to advance your health, you know, and after doing this for 15 years and, you know, helping thousands of people, the message is strong. And I say that because the depth of my information is from observations and observations are key to me, you know, because results never lie. The things that you're doing are telling a story, whether it's health or wealth, whatever you have going on in your life, it, where you are is a result of the things that you've done. So my goal through these podcasts is simple. Help to influence you to do things that are going to drive you towards a better health and advance your health in the future. So with me today, I've got uh, an amazing doctor. I uh, had the privilege of meeting her. She's brilliant. Uh, extremely healthy and fit. These are people that I surround myself with. I don't just hang out with anybody on my healthcare team. I have a series and a team of doctors that help influence me. So what I want to do is introduce Dr. Kenna Brook, and she is a naturopath. And say hi, Kenna. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Jason, for having me. So Ken and I have had the privilege of meeting um, a couple times, first via phone and second in person. But it's so funny. Um, I never thought anything about a naturopath. Like I never, it didn't even like wasn't even my radar. And it's so funny. Like I think about it the way I thought about chiropractic when I was a teenager. Like these aren't real doctors. So can I take a moment and just explain <laughs> to everybody listening? And I, I love that laugh because I thought the same thing. I'm like a naturopath, really. Um, uh -huh. Like. What I get a lot is you're not a real doctor. And I love that because I can go into my education in, you know, just all the 320 plus hours of grad school. I can just wow them with what we've done. But so a doctor of, of naturopathy, what is your focus? What's your training? Tell me a little bit more about your profession. Definitely. Thank you for that opportunity, because you're right. A lot of people consider us the not real doctors as well. Um, our training is actually a postgraduate program. It requires that you have an undergraduate degree to get into the school, and you have to have a lot of you know, certain prerequisites. But the entire program is very comparable to any medical school. You get all of the basic ologies. You get anatomy, physiology. You're dissecting the human cadaver. We go through all the body systems, pathology, cardiology, immunology, oncology, pulmonology, you name it, we, we learn it. And we learn all of the pharmaceutical applications that the medical doctors are learning. But in addition to all of that, we are learning um, a lot of the other types of modalities, everything from we actually do learn how to, how to do chiropractic manipulations, although I like to leave that to the experts. Um, we do learn acupuncture. We learn about um, diet, lifestyle changes, supplements, herbs, homeopathy, mind-body medicine, 
um, really looking at the whole person. The true underlying philosophy of naturopathic medicine is that the body has an innate ability to heal itself, um, that any symptom that we arrive with actually is the body's attempt to heal. And so it's sort of pushing the body into a certain direction. And if we can support that attempt and remove the obstacle to cure, then we can have true healing and wellness, as opposed to suppressing symptoms like most of the conventional medicines will do. And so for just a quick example of that is something like a fever. Everybody gets a fever, they feel crappy, they take a Tylenol or something to bring the fever down, and then they feel better, but then they have this illness that lasts an extended period of time. The fever actually has a true purpose. The first thing it's there to do is to activate and stimulate the immune system to kick into high gear, make more white blood cells so that we have greater defense. And secondarily, it creates a more inhospitable environment for your bacteria, viruses, anything that might be attacking. So as a naturopathic doctor, we feel that if you allow that fever to persist within reason, um, that you're going to not feel good for a period of time, but you're actually going to be able to mount that immune response, let the body heal itself, and then the duration of the illness will be shortened. And so that's really kind of how we approach everything, looking at treating the whole person, body, but also mind and soul, spirit, which is another important component for me. Awesome. That's kind of the basics. Yeah. That's, that's a great... Uh... Great description. You know, you said two things that really come to mind. Um, the first was symptoms. And the way that I view symptoms is really simple. Um, it's adaptive physiology. You're putting a stress on the body and your body has to yeah. react. And so we view symptoms as a bad thing. So good example that I always use. So, and I had this experience, it's so crazy. Like my life has been, I've, I've like, I've lived two lives, I believe. And it's, I, I, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Um, so I was six, 16, I was going to a basketball game with my uncle, my first real like courtside Pistons game, uh, growing up in Detroit, Pistons were the team. And so we go have, uh, like a late lunch, early dinner at an Arby's. And so we get to the game. I'm like super pumped. I'm having so much fun. I mean, like I'm hanging out with my uncle. He's my favorite uncle. And we're watching the game. It's a great game. And all of a sudden I was like, uh Oh, he's like, you're all right. He's like, you look like great. And I was like, I'll be right back. Well, fast forward, I never got right back. He picked me up from the bathroom uh, floor, public restroom in a stadium, took me home, um, contemplating going to the hospital, but he's not my guardian. So he's like, he's, I was like violently vomiting and just super sick. Um, so wow. you uh, ever meet anybody that had E. coli poisoning? Now you have. Um, wow. So, like one whole week, just devastated, just, I mean, like near death and mm. fever, vomiting, all that stuff. If my body hadn't gotten rid of that toxin, I would have died. Yes. So That's I look true. at it like, like, yeah, you got a fever. So that was a good point too, because I met a guy and this is funny, the people that have been put in my life. Um, I can't use names on air because of privileges and such. <laughs> But let's just say he runs a very large medical school in Atlanta, and it's a very, very prominent school. So he's the head of physiology. He has a PhD in physiology. So can we agree that's a pretty smart guy? 
I would say, yes. <laughs> P PhD in physiology, he knows how the body works through and through. So we got does. talking one day and I asked him, and it's funny because he would always be my last scheduled patient for the day. And his appointment would last 45 minutes because we would talk in depth about health, wellness, and, and just other factors. Um, and I asked him just point blank, I said, so what temperature do bacteria die at? He said, 102.5. Uh -huh. I said, what about, what, what about viruses? He said, 102 to, one, to 102 to 105. And I said, so, so it sounds like your innate healing, like you described, is doing its job by killing viruses and bacteria at that temperature. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he said nothing. Definitely. He said something else very profound. And we talked later that day um, about cardio, um, cardiovascular medications. He said the way we design the medications is to really save your life long enough so that you can change your lifestyle. Mm. So what I want to talk to you about next is really an important topic for me is epigenetics and. Mm -hmm. What do you hear most about people when they come to you clinically with a symptom? Do they typically say, yeah, it runs in the family, you do a family history, that's tar you know, it's part of your medical protocol. But what percentage do you believe of a patient's condition is related to their lifestyle versus their genetics? Wow, that's a great question. I actually think the majority is related to their lifestyle. And I can even say I worked for four years in an oncology hospital and everyone's so worried about the genetics of predisposition, things like the BRCA gene for breast cancer. Only approximately 5% of most cancer diagnoses are actually genetically based. Um, so even if you have the gene, you have a higher propensity for potentially developing this, but it's about your lifestyle. It's about the other factors that you're placing in that can either inhibit or, um, you know, sort of activate those genes. And so I think the majority of health is related to what you're eating, how you're moving, how you're thinking, what your soul is doing, what your full authentic expression is in this world. And I think that often when you see people come in and say it runs in the family, that's less about the genetics and more about the habitual factors that are learned growing up, eating the same way your parents ate, having the same activity level your parents had, et cetera, et cetera. So I would go with like 95% being uh, more focused on what you have control over. Yes, you are absolutely right. You know, the <laughs> statistics I've come across anywhere from 90 to 95%. And the reality is this, when you don't do the things necessary for health, you can never be healthy. So let's define health. And I think you did a great job a moment ago in Dorland's medical dictionary. So let's just go right to the source. It's a state of optimal physical, chemical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. It's mm. not merely the absence of symptoms and disease yes. isn't just a symptom so there's things that I've been privileged to that many other people haven't um, I lost a good friend last year he was uh, a colleague of mine an amazing chiropractor I'm gonna give a shout out to dr. Ryan dude you you lit a fire in me that can't be put out And when he died last year I just I just looked at him and I, I promised him that I would do better you know for me these podcasts are gonna be a series of um, 
truth, but also just almost a guilt and obligation to the community and the world that if I know something, I should be obligated to tell you. So kind of if you and I were walking along and say we're out hiking, you know, in Arizona or something, and there's the Grand Canyon, you're like, whoa, there's a ledge there. Hey, don't, <laughs> don't keep going. Hello, tell your, tell your people you care about not to step over the cliff. And that's the reality of today. And yeah. this, this first podcast is just being real about health, wellness, and, and just what that brings you. So in those hours of clinical experience, I've also seen people in their 80s and 90s enjoying the crap out of life. I mean, they just love it. And then I've got 60-year-olds who are miserable, and they just, they just don't want to live another day. It's like, dude, it's what you're doing. And so the whole genetic, like, holding on to it, I feel like the medical community really does a great job of labeling people. And when you label people with a diagnosis and disease, what happens is they own it. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it's like, I have this, I have that. And they almost like want to talk about it. And then because it's something that's been medically diagnosed, we have this like affinity to it. Like that's the way it's going to be the rest of my life. Yeah. Cool. It can either yeah. be an excuse for people to continue living in that way or it get, it becomes their reason and, and they don't have to take responsibility necessarily. And then it also puts the control in the hands of the doctors. I'll just do what the doctor tells me to do as opposed to recognizing that there might be some empowerment in their own behavior as well. Yeah. How, how about this, people listening? How about we do something different? You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. If you hit your head against the wall, it's going to continue to hurt. Stop hitting your head. If you want to be healthy, let's get real. Let's talk about it. You can't just know what to do. You have to do it. And that's the reality of today's conversation is get off your ass and start doing something different. So I'm going to just open up for a moment. My parents are both unhealthy. My mom and dad are obese. My dad has diabetes. My mom's had cancer. She's had heart procedures. She has heart disease. Okay. Kenna, you and I have met. The listeners yes. don't, don't necessarily know who I am unless they're one of my patients. Do I look obese? You do not. I do not. Not even close. <laughs> so I'm, no. I'm, so for those, li- right? So, so for those listening, I'm 40 and uh, yeah, I'll be open about my age. Um, I went for a bike ride yesterday. Here's the cool thing. Uh, I've been mountain biking for 25 years. I was out mountain biking yesterday. Um, I got passed by a 20-something-year-old, which kind of hurts your ego as a cyclist. So in reality, what do I do? I hustle, and I try and catch him. (laughs) So I catch up to him in the parking lot, and the dude has nothing but respect for me. He's like, man, we start talking, and we're just, you know, comparing um, notes about riding. And, and as a cyclist, he, he, you know, complimenting your bike, your components, things like that. So we start talking and he's like, and I said, yeah, not bad for 40 year old. And he's like, what? And I said, yeah, you know, with certain sports and certain activities, you can actually get better with age. There's certain areas in my life, like strength and fitness that maybe, you know, the 20 something year old can lift more than me but I have an aerobic capacity based on what? My repetition of doing the same thing for 25 years. So let's talk about for a moment, just the whole, I tried it mindset. You know, you know what? I tried a diet. Uh, I tried exercise. What in your mind kind of is the, 
the ideology about that. Like when when people say they tried it, and you know it's uh, let, let's be honest, it's something you know. If you ate better the rest of your life, you'd be healthy. If you moved better, you'd be healthy. If you thought better, like what do you think people are lacking in that? Is it time? Is it just confidence? Wow. I mean, I think it could be different for different people, but I think in general, um, we sort of have a lack of agency almost, a really true understanding that we do have power and control to change the way we feel and to change the way that our body functions. I mean, lab values change, genetics can change. I mean, all sorts of things can change. Brain function can change. The actual structure of the brain changes with meditation. I mean, so there's a lot of things that can happen, but you have to make a true commitment. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to make the commitment to themselves. And so they try something, wanting a quick fix because that's what we're used to in our country. Um, if something doesn't drastically change in seven to 10 days, well, this isn't really going to work for me. And most things really require a true commitment. It takes like 40 days to make, to make a new habit and only two days to break it. So you really have to decide that you're worth it and that you're making that commitment, not just to try something, but that you're making that commitment really to your soul and to, and to the ability for you to live as full and as, um, happy and vibrant and vital as possible. So I think I usually ask patients to commit to doing something, you know, for at least a, a solid month and say for a dietary change, um, usually then when they reintroduce something after a month, they can actually feel the difference in the body. And that can be the trigger that makes them realize, wow, this really was working. But I think people have to really believe that they're worth that true effort and commitment. Absolutely. You know, the, the one analogy I use is, you know, if you wanted to retire, wouldn't you invest a little bit every paycheck to get to retirement instead of trying to retire on your last paycheck? Because <laughs> so many people, I feel like their, their life priorities shift early. So you graduate from high school you either A, go to college, or B, start a career. And either way, you get stressed. And then your your lifestyle changes. You start making money or you start living on a college budget, which we both know is basically like ramen noodles, and that's it. <laughs> and then, Hard to be healthy in college. It's, it's impossible. Like It was my McDonald's <laughs> era, and I would never eat McDonald's since. The reality is, though, we, we make changes in our lifestyle that change us and our behaviors. So then all of a sudden we start blaming age and that's out of, you know, my control. But I'm here to tell you, listen, I mean, we're both. Um, I'm not going to say how old you are because I don't want to expose that. But <laughs> I, 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 I know how old you are. And so the reality is for the two of us, you would never think that we're as old as we we tell people we are. And I get that all the time, like whether I'm buying a bottle of wine, I get carded like there, there's no way you're 40. I'm like, yeah, it's the red wine. Just just believe it. But the reality <laughs> is right. the, rea the reality is this. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a series of decisions that you and I have made. I mean, health isn't easy. It requires work. I mean, let's just be real. Um, when I when I first met you, you left the gym from a long swim to come get adjusted, which, by the way, kudos for you for getting adjusted. Yes, and, a and wonderful what, adjustment it was. 
Thank you. While we're on that topic, so I've been wanting to ask you, and I and I I kind of waited for this moment. When you got off the table after your adjustment, did you feel different? Definitely, definitely. One of the things I loved about your adjustment is that you did these range of motion exercises on all these major joints, hips and shoulders. And then after the adjustment, you redid them, and it was so clear how much more easily the joints were gliding or the body was moving. And I've never had anyone do that before. It was just this, this exact, clear, immediate representation of what had just occurred. I mean, I felt amazing. And I, I thought I had found the best chiropractor in the world, but clearly I was wrong <laughs> until I walked into your office. And now I give that to you. <laughs> yes, you're 100% correct. <laughs> The range of motion before and after is imperative. We test and retest. If you're gonna do blood tests and lab tests, can can we agree that you're gonna probably wanna review them to see if changes are made? Totally. That's the yeah. only it's way called, you can know for sure. It's called science. So anyone out there listening, I'm not here to offend any other colleagues, but just step up your game. I mean, just do what shows results to people and your commitment level gets higher. Um, so today, you want to talk about serendipity. She showed up again at, I believe, 4 p.m. today. So I get a, a request to come up front, and I'm in my office doing some chart notes and stuff, and this lady drove two hours to come see me. She's not a patient, but she's the daughter of a patient. And she had uh, requested to talk to me because she wanted to discuss the care with her father, who he's an elderly man, 84. And when we sat down and talked to him after his exam and x-rays, um, there's very little we could do to help him. But the reason she came back wasn't because of what the care we offered. It was just the confidence and understanding of what was going on in his mm -hmm. spine and just being real. She said, I don't know what it was about you, but the way that you interact with my dad and the way you talk to him and we're real with him, he really appreciated that. And I said to her, I was very honest, I said, that's called love. You know, when you when you love your patients the same way you would love your family or your friends, your best friends, your spouse, your significant other, that's the way I approach practice. And so, you know, today isn't just about helping patients that are listening. It's other healthcare providers because I'm going to forward this to all my buddies. And I want them to realize, too, there's something that comes from our care, and I, I think you would agree, when you love people and it's genuine and it's coming from the heart, you can't go wrong. And, and whether that's you helping them or you just giving them recommendation for something, to me, that's being a real doctor. And it's not just about a diagnosis. It's not just about medication. It's about just letting them know you're human. And hey, listen, I get it. It hurts. But let's find a solution for that. Absolutely. I feel like too many people in healthcare have been cold and callous to the point where they just don't, they just don't care anymore. Like I take care of a lot of nurses. So you talked about, you know, your hospital, your hospital you worked in. Um, I can't, I take care of a lot of people in healthcare, um, nurses and doctors, and they've just become very, just kind of just like, it's a machine. And, and I don't want to feel that way in healthcare that we're just a machine. Like everyone's a unique individual and I feel that they have different requirements, whether maybe they need more movement, maybe they need more eating better, maybe thinking better. You know, the power of positivity. When I, when I met Dr. Patch Adams, the, the real guy, not Robin Williams, Very it, cool. was, 
it was dude it was life-changing like i i missed <laughs> i missed robin williams by five minutes who can say that he was at the wow. same bike he was at the same bike shop eden bikes you're welcome for the plug eden bikes out in the uh berkeley area and i walked in and they're like dude robin williams is just here and i was like shit i just missed like one of my favorite actors comedians of all time and it was just <laughs> You're talking about serendipity. I'm like, where were you, girl? You needed to be, I needed you on that one. So, <laughs> but meeting the real Patch Adams was was fascinating because he opened up about dialogue in a different way about healing. is about love, fun, and just atmosphere. And he wanted to develop a, a center that allowed people to have fun while they're in healthcare. And I think that's one missing link is we're just we're not falling in love with the process. You need to find things that you enjoy mm. and the things that you embrace to be healthy. Um, what What is, and I already know the answer, but I'm gonna ask for our listeners, what is your favorite greens right now? Like like uh, salad greens. That, that would be arugula. That's my favorite yes. right now. Yeah. So, so you and I are the arugula of healthcare. <laughs> yes. Because we're a little bitter, bitter than on good for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I and I feel like in life you need to find things you enjoy. I just told you I love to mountain bike and that's healthy for me. And I've been doing it for 25 years. And what I felt like was a little kid on a bike riding down the trails, but it was improving my health. If I'm yeah. eating a salad and it tastes good, which by the way, my first salad wasn't until I was almost 20. I'm like, like pissed. I'm like pissed off. Nobody told me about salad earlier in life. <laughs> That's funny. But no, I, I think what happens in life is we get old. We think age is supposed to wear on us. We haven't taken care of ourselves. It fits the narrative of medicine. No, you're going to need these medications. When I see people on 12 medications, I think this, your body needs support. Yes. And if there was one area that you would say to support the most, what system would you recommend that people take care of? <laughs> You're going to like this answer. I think the nervous system. Um, and really because that's where all of our stress is activated it's when we have the the fear the anxiety the parasympathetic system is virtually non-existent we kick into this fight or flight our cortisol levels go up all of these are things that really negatively affect our health and, and well-being I think the statistic is something in the nature of 97 percent of um, diagnoses stem from some stress component in life and so I think the nervous system and keeping it healthy it's what is communicating to the rest of our body um, and all the other systems. So it's like the motherboard going down when the nervous system's not functioning appropriately. Awesome, that was such a great answer. Which leads me into, you have over uh, around 206 bones in your body, some people plus or minus. 10% of those protect your nerves, your spine, your brain. And the way I look at it is simple. If your brain, which is, can we agree, the most important organ in your body? I'd say. Yes. So it's completely encased in bone. So think about that for a moment. One organ, yeah. completely encased in bone. 
The spinal cord, next most important thing, 24 moving bones. Um, as we see on some patients' x-rays, the curve in the neck is decreased. And because of that decrease, it decreases blood flow to the brain. If you decrease blood flow to the brain, we can agree that you have less oxygen and less nutrients going to the brain. Yes? Yeah. Yes. So what we found in the last year of just observing America is the average American is spending 1,500 hours looking down at their phone. That's 3.8 in one year. That's 3.8 hours a day. Wow. So let me ask you this. Um, <laughs> you're fit. You're, you're fit. You're healthy. So if you worked out like 3.8 hours a day, how fit would you be? Jeez. I'd be like in a competition or something. <laughs> I agree. So imagine if you did just the opposite and were so unhealthy for four hours of your day. Can we now start to understand that our lifestyle influences our health? And when that becomes apparent, then you have more control. The goal of today was this, very simple. Understand health, where it comes from, and how to take control. Because if we don't, then we're at the mercy of our medical doctors who have no understanding and knowledge of how to build health and physiology. I spent 320 hours in grad school learning how to build health. The medical doctors, they understand the similar equivalent of how to suppress your symptoms. Hear me out for just a moment. Do you wanna suppress symptoms or do you wanna build your health? In a different way, do you wanna be just not poor or do you wanna be wealthy? In terms of my healthcare, I've invested so much money that health-wise, I'm a billionaire. And that's the reality that I want for every single person listening, is that you may not have a billion dollars in your bank account, but your health is there so you can enjoy the rest of your life. Because to me, it's not about quantity. Listen, we're all gonna die. None of us are getting out of here alive. I don't know if that's two days, two months, 20 years, 50 years. But for each and every one of you, enjoy those years, enjoy the quality, and then life is better. Do you think God put you here just to pay your bills or to enjoy the quality of your life? And for me, that's what I want to express to you through a series of podcasts. If you want to advance your health, listen, get off your ass and do it. Nobody's going to do it for you. My parents couldn't do it for me. They're unhealthy, and now I'm having to take care of them. So if you don't do it for you, do it for somebody you love. Because don't put your health burdens on other people, your spouse, your kids. They don't want to change your diaper. Let's be real. If you don't take care of you, somebody else has to. And that's what I don't want for you. Enjoy the quality in your life, and then your life will be better. Listen, I want to thank everybody for coming out, listening. I want to thank my team in my office. They motivated and pumped me up today all day to go out and get it. Um, I want to thank Dr. Kenna. You're awesome and amazing. Um, we're going to do another podcast coming up real soon. We're going to talk about something that you love, and I think <laughs> you're really going to kick out of that. And uh, let's be honest. I mean, there's so much opportunity out there. Go get it. Have fun. And uh, if you're listening, share it. Listen, I uh, came off a really awesome weekend. It felt like somebody 
poured kerosene on me and it lit my fire. And I want the same for you guys because listen, you're worth it. Your health is your number one desire. If you don't realize it now, you will soon. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening. So have an awesome day. Oh, and I will be with you when the darkest winter comes. Oh, and I will be with you to feel California sun. Oh, and I